Welcome to the Tearsheet Podcast. I'm Tearsheet's Editor-in-Chief, Zach Miller. In this podcast, I welcome Jonathan Valenti, a principal with Deloitte Consulting, who leads an offering at Deloitte called Customer Experience and Marketing Strategy, particularly in the context of financial services. John shares insights on evolving customer expectations, the importance of personalization, and the influence of experiences from other industries on financial services. We discuss the role of technology in meeting customer demands, including faster onboarding and the development of budgeting tools. John also highlights the growing emphasis on equity and inclusion in financial services, addressing how institutions are striving to represent diversity in leadership and design more accessible services. We conclude with a discussion on recent market events and the impact on customer strategies, including the need for diversification and partnerships within the industry. This is part of a four-part series we're doing with Deloitte's financial services leadership on the trends shaping our industry today and out into the future. Here's my conversation with John. Great. So who are you and what do you do? Uh, my name is John Valenti. I'm a principal with Deloitte Consulting, and uh, I lead an offering called uh, Customer Experience and Marketing Strategy. Uh, so I love that. I'm, I'm really excited to talk to you today, John. Let's talk about a little bit about what that means to focus on customer strategy. What, what, what does that coverage entail? It's really around driving uh, customer behavior and how, how companies can reach, engage, build relationships uh, with customers in ways that drive organic growth or you know, greater loyalty and, and outcomes. Awesome. So, of course, we're going to be talking about financial services here and customers in financial services. I assume they're the same and different when, when it comes to financial services. But I'm specifically interested in hearing what you think about how customer expectations have evolved in financial services and what they expect from digital forward financial services in general. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I do the majority of my work in financial services, even though mm. my role um, gives me the opportunity to work in other industries or, you know, have a view into other industries as well. And I would definitely say that um, financial services has um, similar expectations um, to what you would expect in, in other industries, but there's some unique um, nuances as well. So from an expectation standpoint, when you think about what you're able to do now in retail or Amazon and you get things like instant gratification and greater personalization and recommendations. There are certainly expectations like that, that, um, you know, financial companies uh, are subject to. Um, but I'd also And that say means that, just, that means yeah. Yeah. working with a firm that feels like they know me, right? Very much so, yeah. very much so. Especially when you have a, a long relationship uh, with a bank or you know, an insurance company. And the fact that we all know how much data and information these companies have on us. So why aren't you using it to uh, our benefit, right? And, and that can be a mutual benefit. Mm -hmm. That could be in the form of, you know, I'm not visiting a bank. Um, why uh, can't you uh, share in the savings of that? Um, or I've been a, a customer of yours for 20 years. How come I'm getting the same mortgage rate as, you know, someone next to me? Um so I think like that that expectation is, is very true from a financial um, standpoint, especially given you know our understanding of of the data that they have on us. And do you think that um, customer experiences in those other industries, the Amazons, the Netflixes, um, carry over to my expectations in finance? Yeah, most definitely, um, most definitely. But it, but as I said, it's nuanced as well. So 
uh, while you expect a certain amount, as I said, around instant gratification. So like, why can't my, uh, why is it taking so long to open an account? Yeah. Uh, when you have all this information on me, right? Why can't it be just one click? Um, why can't I see the status of my loan and track it like a Domino's pizza tracker? Um, you know, things like that are really, uh, you know, are, are really top of mind for customers. That said, there is an appreciation that most customers have for the complexity of banking products and services. Um, it's a different relationship. It's not as transactional uh, if banks are doing it right as it would be for a retail um, company. Uh, you know, you expect a certain amount of advice and relationship and, and you're looking for um, a two-way relationship where you're sharing your needs and expectations, but the bank or financial institution is also sharing lessons learned from other customers. You don't get that as much in like a retail place where you're buying your favorite shirt or, you know, you're buying something that doesn't carry as much weight or meaning. Yeah, the stakes uh, are higher here. Customer. Exactly. And, and what's interesting is what you're saying, John, is like um, we have cut financial services a little more slack based on the complexity of the relationship, the products, and maybe just even understanding that, you know, it's, it's taking longer for that industry to get there. Um, yep. But on the other hand, I would assume that that's also waning, right? Because as as become more and more accustomed in other industries. So like, is there some validity to that? Yeah, very much so, right? I mean, the expectations continue to move. And I, I would say that, um, you know, the, the banks that have kept up with technology advance, advancements and in the states, that tends to be uh, a lot of the bigger banks bigger ones, right. benefited from that, um, from, you know, multiple customer segments. Um, you see even younger customers going towards the big banks um, in, in many cases, in large part because they're keeping up to date with their mobile apps or they're investing in budgeting tools. And even if they're not using those budgeting tools, I mean, a lot of banks have been frustrated by providing a lot of insights and, and budgeting and planning apps on their, um, on their mobile on their on their mobile apps or on their websites, and they get frustrated that no one's using it. But we do know that as customers are doing their research or they're looking at what's available, you know, the mindset that the banks or the companies recognize that they need to invest in these capabilities and continue to build and innovate um, is is part of those expectations. I appreciate that. I have one more question for you around expectations. Are you seeing digital banking providers prioritizing the development of specific capabilities when they compete in the market? Yeah, I mean, there's a big focus on uh, faster onboarding, for example, mm -hmm. or faster account opening. So how do I, um, you know, how do I require less clicks or get the basic information quick and then get, you know, additional information later so that we get you in the door and start, you know, giving you access to services um, you know, uh, investing more, as I mentioned, in sort of budgeting apps or insights, um, ways that they can bring a complete financial picture together, um, especially if you start to have, um, you know, multiple relationships or you have multiple products with a particular bank. And even if not, if they could start to, you know, help um, customers create a complete picture of their financial uh, portfolio with, institutions that may not even be there through aggregation and things of that nature. Um, you know, that's, that's a high priority, particularly for wealth companies. That's so interesting. Cause I know that's something we've been trying to do for like 20 years now online, but it's still yeah. like somewhat elusive. Um, yeah, I want to switch definitely. gears a little bit and, and talk about something actually you, you, you touched on earlier in your conversation, you mentioned, um, 
a customer not wanting to be treated, a 20 year customer wanting to be treated differently than somebody who walks in necessarily off the street. Have banks and financial services providers uh, evolved in the ways they think about segmenting their existing and target customer bases and, and how? Yeah, mo most definitely, um, especially for banks that are looking to um, stand out from the crowd and differentiate. Um, so traditionally, you'd see a lot of banks segment based on a couple variables, um, mostly age and investable assets. Part of that's because it's observable. Part of it's because it's easy to understand. But there are a number of other attributes that you know companies are looking at to define um, uniquer propositions or um, to you know to to find more uh, segments of growth. So things like um, educational level. Um, so do you have a little bit of college or no college? Because that kind of dictates um, in some you know in some sense like what your future potential might be, but also, you know, you're in, in some very generally your level of sophistication when it comes to like financial products and needs, um, your household size. So, you know, your willingness to look at other products and services or other banking providers uh, tends to, you know, grow or open up uh, when you have, uh, you know, one to two children. Um, that's, a, that's a big event. Or, um, you know, aspects around, um, you know, more, more more granular levels of age, right? So even by decades versus, um, you know, younger than 25 and, and so forth. Um, so there are different variables like that that companies start to look at. Um, there's a fair amount, too, in terms of focusing on more, um, you know, di different uh, areas like gender and race uh, in terms of how they're, you know, looking at growth opportunities and making sure that, they're being more inclusive um, in their design. Granted, they have to be careful on that because of certain regulations. They can't show favor favorability towards certain races. And so there's, you know, there are things like that that they have to be mindful of. But looking at some of the unique needs around, um, you know, uh, immigration status or migrants and how certain products and services should be evolved to fit those needs um, is, is another factor that a lot of banks are looking at to, to grow. And I guess to be able to do that, I'm just riffing here. Um, banks need to know more about me as their customers, right? Like, how how are they how are they getting this information into their systems? And like, because it, it's so interesting. Like, if I'm in, talking to you, you know, you're a principal at Deloitte. You, I know that you're a sophisticated financial services person. You work in the industry versus somebody else who um, might have the same level of education, but you know, works in yeah. in a totally different industry. There's so much richness of data out there that it feels like just being not not being used yet. Yeah, no, no question. Um, uh, I mean, there are a number of different sources of that. One is even the the banks, the banks themselves. I mean, they collect this information through um, obviously their application process. Intake um, forms. There are third party exactly, intake forms. I mean, that that's probably the most reliable to date, and um, and why banks tend to rely pretty heavily on on that data set but even that's imperfect right if you have a big diverse you only bank, get what i'm giving you yeah yeah exactly and and also if you have a big diverse bank and you may have a mortgage relationship and a retail banking relationship mm -hmm. if they haven't created kind of that single view of customer or invested in things like data you know, customer data platforms um it's very hard for them to to act and maintain that but there are third-party sources as well and and um you know, believe it or not a lot of web behavior and um, it can be very predictive in terms and, and where you've been elsewhere outside of uh, outside of the, the four walls of the websites, the own properties of, uh, of a bank. 
um, can give a lot away uh, about you. So banks uh, are using that to their advantage. Got it. And I want to go back to the, the original question um, around equity and inclusion, actually. So, so linked to what we were saying before, are digital service providers thinking about equity and inclusion from a customer's perspective? And how are they integrating that or how is that manifesting itself in, in their offering? Yeah, definitely. So, um, so it's it's a it's definitely a priority for banks in ways that uh, for a number of reasons. One, it's important to the value systems of the segments that they want to attract, um, and it's also important um, just you know from a, a greater a greater good in how these financial companies are contributing to you know the the, the betterment of, of society, and so. It's a focus on how are they tracking um, the mix of their customer bases. It's a focus on how they are you know, representing their leadership, you know, teams, um, and even you know putting um, you know have, having representation in the the service um, staff and, and representatives of, of of a bank. Um, so they're doing it in a, a host of ways. One is um, the overall proposition. So you'll look at how companies are, um, you know, emphasizing the benefits or the types of businesses that um, that uh, the bank is supporting. So black owned small businesses or women owned small businesses might be a big point of emphasis is if, you know, you use this account, you have the ability to um, donate or, or contribute to these types of businesses. Um, or I mentioned migrants earlier. Um, uh, you know, features from a product standpoint that might be, you know, very attractive to them, like um, discounts on international calling or uh, money movement uh, cross border mm -hmm. um, or, you know, not requiring a social security number um, if you're, uh, you know, if you're not a U.S. citizen yet. So there are features like that within the overall proposition. Um, and then just generally in marketing and experience, what are ways that they're doing things around inclusive design, like the language uh, options on a website, um, you know, or uh, you know, even from a disability standpoint, designing around, you know, those that have uh, disabilities and making their uh, their websites and their their mobile apps, you know, more accessible, like through voice and services like that. I appreciate that, John. I know, like in the conversation that we have with with bankers and um, some of the research we've done around Gen Z and financial services, like being having that inclusion focus and, and equity is is really important particularly for for younger customers are you guys seeing that yeah. as well yeah and it's not just limited to younger customers right. too i think it's 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 pretty broad but very important it, you know younger customers are definitely definitely looking at that now some of their needs start to get and their expectations start to evolve a little bit more as i said as like their families grow and their financial needs become a little bit more complex i think mm -hmm. the the emphasis on um you know, on, on society's benefit versus my own starts to, you know, shift a little bit with that. But that said, um, you know, we've done a lot of research on, uh, on what drives trust in financial institutions and that humanity um, piece where, you know, you're looking out for the greater good, um, things like sustainability and awareness of your environmental impact. Um, how you're driving uh, in inclusion um, and, you know, diversity and equity. Uh, is, is something that, um, you know, particularly Gen Zers and younger customers are looking for. We're getting near the end of our conversation. Um, I have a last question for you. Are you seeing any impact from recent market events on customer strategies or areas of emphasis for digital service providers? Uh, well, recent 
events you mean in terms of like uh the svb failures and some of those particularly um, the, the yeah the debacles mm -hmm. in, in in the market the the visible yeah. ones yeah yeah i mean most definitely i think there's a there's a number of, of uh activities that we've seen uh post some of the the market disruption that we had earlier in the year one is um greater diversification of financial institutions so um while there was you know, some uptick in terms of the deposits going towards the bigger banks because of a sense of stability. Uh, we also saw uh, a good deposit shift towards smaller local local banks. So I think that, um, you know, the heavy concentration of a, of a single institution is one that customers are pretty wary of and and more aware around things like a 250K, uh, uh, you know, deposit uh, insurance limit. Um I think we're we're seeing more of a shift towards uh, you know taking advantage of um, you know like the the treasury uh, rate and so going towards like money market funds um, is you know something that just customers have become more aware of as there's a willingness to to shift the money around. From a digital first perspective, it's also how do how do banks uh, take advantage of that that shift or in, in market disruptions like that um, by making it you know, very easy to apply. So um, you'll see banks start to, you know, we've seen banks start to, to look at next generation um, banking platforms as a, as a means to uh, accelerate um, their onboarding and their account opening time so that when a small business does want to change, how do we quickly onboard them and get the deposits in the door um, without having it to make it too cumbersome? Along the lines of those, the technology, are they also looking to partner as well to be able to provide that? Like, do they, yeah, yeah how, can you yeah, talk about that? Yeah. Yeah. Always, always looking for partnerships, um, whether that is uh, through, um, you know, uh, different, uh, you know, credit bureaus or, or aggregate or aggregators, um, partnerships from a fintech perspective, whether it's around, you know, acquiring different customers or getting access to those capabilities. Um, you know, partnerships is, is a big focus. Um, it, it's also uh, key as far as like how you're broadening your brand um, towards, uh, you know, certain communities that we mentioned before. So if there's a, you know, a brand or a, you know, a fintech partnership that um, will give them access to some of the, you know, unique customer segments or micro segments that we talked about earlier. Um, those are partnerships that uh, financial institutions are very open to and, and looking to uh, take advantage of. Jonathan, it's been great talking to you today. Thanks for joining us on the Tearsheet Podcast. My pleasure. Thanks for having me.